So we're not going to uh, dissect the practice. It's uh, a, what I would say is this sutra is, is meant to turn you around and twist you around and spit you out. And as Adi Shanti says, once you think you've got it, you've lost it. Okay. And just one other thing that I'll say, a great story, um, which I think I read from Thich Nhat Hanh, where he tells uh, the story that there is this, uh, there's an abbot of a monastery and, and says to one of his disciples, do you understand the Heart Sutra? And the disciple says, yes, I understand the Heart Sutra. And the abbot says, well, tell me. He says, well, there is no eye, nose, uh, no eye, nose, mouth, tongue, body. And he starts chanting this and the abbot goes up to him and grabs hold of his nose and goes, ah, my nose. And he said, I thought you said there was no nose. <laughs> okay, so um, we'll have some questions and then we will end with a sitting practice. So um, do people have any questions? In general, in, in general. I can't guarantee that I'll answer them, but in general. Sure. I guess I'm wondering about this, like, protective... Thanks. Um, I'm wondering about these protective layers that you mentioned earlier on, about like, the lotus, the wall, and the fire. Could you speak... Or, like, how do we practice um, maintaining those layers? on like a daily basis. So yeah, thank you for, for, for asking that. So um, when we did the dedication ceremony, there's part where we are surrounded by those lotus, lotus petals of purity. And if you are somebody who's really visual, it's just having the sense of always being surrounded by the lotus petals of purity or, or something that... Uh, represents purity for you and then the vadra wall of determination and uh i love the 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 got nothing which looks like a the vadra a, a thunderbolt and i you have these vadra choppers which cut away greed hatred and delusion so you know having the sense of just being held by that and then of course the flames of um, the, the flames of samsara that transmute into nirvana. So when we leave, it's just extending, extending those circles, those uh, perimeters out so that you always know that you are moving within that container. And sometimes you will forget it and sometimes you will remember it. But just know that you are always being held within that container you know and some of you might want to step out of it and you can step out of it really so it's a really for you if you really something that you want to to practice you know in the do, do you have a meditation practice yeah do you do you sit for five minutes or yeah so that's great that's that's a practice even if you're sitting for five minutes you can bring it to mind when you sit, that you are being surrounded by these lotus petals and being surrounded by the Vajra walls of determination and by these flames that transmute samsara into nirvana and have that sense so that when you leave, you get up from your spot and go out into the world, you're pushing them out into the world and just knowing that you're being held 
in that container. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like, in a way, we, we always have this aura. I mean, you know, if you can really, you know, begin to feel this, this, this aura. So in a way, it can be part of that aura, which is uh, holding you and uh, containing you. Yeah. Collectively, also like having it together, I think too. Is... Well, that's the thing is that we don't do the practice for ourselves. It's for all beings. So when you're out in the world, we can all be. If you are being held in that, then everybody else is being held in that container too. It's not just you. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't have to make any sense. Well, I think. Yeah, I think bringing it, like, this part and this part, that's like a practice of mm. how it's, what, what the whole spirit is, or, mm. for me. It's not that I'm trying to understand it, but just sort of like the self-liberation for the sake of all. Yeah, which is the, the, the part of the Bodhisattva vow. In Buddhism, we have the Arahant model, which is like, you know, liberation just for yourself. But actually, in a way, it's not dualistic. We say, well, there's the Arahant model and the Bodhisattva model, which is liberation for all sentient beings. But really, for me, they're part of the same coin. You know, it's, 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 it's not either the Arahant model or the Bodhisattva the model it's this non-dual model and it's all part of the same thing for me if I have liberation everybody around me will be impacted by that liberation it isn't just about my liberation and I I cannot sit peacefully knowing that the rest of the world is suffering No more hard questions. <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about the who builds the building question, and, and the way I was thinking of it, that relates to self and form, right? And so I'm wondering how that question then also maybe relates to, to the emptiness side, the, the, their, you know, form and emptiness. How do you think it relates to it? Well, I, I think of I, I think it's that Ram Das saying you have to have a self to lose a self that you mm. have to build the house and have a strong house mm. before you can then move mm. past. Mm. Yeah, well done. You've answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you had any other thoughts yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as I said earlier, the, the, as 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 Dogen says, you know, to study the Buddha way is to study the self. You know, and 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 this is the thing. Sometimes it is that koan where people often say, well, when you're doing the practices of the Brahma Viharas, the loving kindness being the, the foundation of all the others, and we have this first stage ourselves, and it's like, well, why are we creating this, this harmonious self, this, this positive self? But actually, we have to do that before we can actually begin to let go of the self. And in a way, for me, it's... it's it's really seeing through the self. I think I, I prefer that, that language is to 
see through the self, to see through the illusion. I mean, how many of you here grew up with Santa Claus? Okay. And what was it like when you discovered that Santa Claus didn't exist? You don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I know somebody who went into therapy for that, actually. Really. But how many of you, when you realized Santa Claus didn't exist, wanted to hold on to the story that Santa Claus still existed? And it's beginning to see through those stories, to see through those, to see through the, the magic trick, really. Yeah, the, the magic trick, yeah. And the, the mind is, you know, the tricks it, it plays. It, you know, we can have a conversation with somebody and tell ourselves, this is what the person said. This is exactly this is exactly what the person said. I'm, I can remember being in a communication with somebody, and they told me I'd written this in an email. It's great. So I went back. I hadn't written that that at all, but actually somebody had held on to that, and it became a story and couldn't see through it, you know. And in a way, for me, one of the ways that I have um, really started to glimpse emptiness to to really glimpse emptiness and i was saying this in my group that this practice of the anapanasati is is such a, an important practice the practice of the mindfulness of breathing because it is always coming back to the inhale the exhale coming back bringing yourself back and that is when we're off the cushions we have to continue bringing ourselves back. You know, there's times when we can get so caught up in this papancha, but if we could just bring ourselves back and you keep on bringing yourself back and at some point you laugh because there's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing there. But yet, you know, every time you spin off and you bring back and you spin off and you bring back and you actually see that actually there is nothing there. We have just built the prison for us to live in. And some of us throw the key and then we can't even find the bloody key to get back out of it, you know? So, again, this, you know, that thing of, uh, of emptiness, which is why I love uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's analogy of emptiness of a balloon, because there is a balloon, but it's empty. So it's not saying that things don't exist. It's not, I love those of you who, who, have any of you done the forum here? Oh, I thought it was a very American thing. But a forum is a, a, a self-development um, program for people who do not want to sit in a meditation room in silence for a, a week and do this. The forum is for people who want to be suited and booted and go for uh, weekend training and they think they've got it. That's what the forum is for. Okay, those people who want that quick, that 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 quick moment with with God, that quick insight. But one of the things that the forum tells you is, and, and I love it, is that basically we're meaning making machines. That's all we're doing. We're meaning making machines. We're habitually making meaning out of everything. And you know what? Life is meaningless. And if we can get that, that life is absolutely meaningless. Yeah. 
And some people's like, what do you mean life is meaningless? Well, you can just really get that all we're doing is habitually making meaning out of things that actually we can get to the point where actually life can be completely meaningless. And when it becomes completely meaningless, we begin to touch into the emptiness of things. So it's not saying that things don't happen. It's not saying that these things that happened in our childhood that wounded us, that scarred us, didn't happen. Because those things did happen. But you know what? They're not happening now. They happened how many years ago? But yet, when every time we're activated, the past is in the present, we're making meaning out of it, and, you know, and we get caught, we get stuck, we've lost the emptiness of it. I'll tell you a story. I was in a, a, a bus accident uh, nearly two years ago, and every time I told that story, it was different. I was just away. Every time I told the story, it was different. Which story was real? Every time. So, again, how we make meaning out of things. And this is how we build the house. This is, you know, it, in, in that same parable, it said, it's, it's, it's like the, the Buddha said, I put down the burden of I. This burden of I, you know. And again, when this, one of the things which really can support your practice, if really, when we're, really can be really quite tortured and I'm going like this is my tortured mudra when we're really quite tortured it's just remembering that this is not me this is not mine this is not I to just loosen up so that we can begin to have some space yeah well what I would um in in response to your reflection and it, it's, it's wonderful that you've found a way to release some of your trauma. And uh, for me, how it um, connects, I mean, it's all Dharma, as, as it's, 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 it's all Dharma, but there is something, you know, basically with the practices about coming back home to the body, coming back home to the inhale, the exhale, the, the Buddha teaching us to breathe through experience because trauma isn't so much what happened. It's what happens inside you when the event happens. It's about the disconnection of the body, that we become completely disconnected to the body. And so we leave the body. We, we split from the body. There's a disconnection with, with the body because... The reality is, 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 is that something can happen to somebody and be completely traumatized and the same thing could happen to another person and they're not completely traumatized. There are studies around soldiers who have come back with PTSD and the ones who have the severe PTSD are the ones who grew up with violence in their household. So they had already learned to disconnect. It's not saying that the soldiers who didn't have the severe uh, trauma weren't impacted. But it's, 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 it's not everybody, when something happens, not everybody is traumatized in, in the same way because often when we're traumatized, there's nobody to speak to, you know? I mean, people, this is the thing with, with meditation more and more, 
um, because we don't live in monasteries, uh, people would be aware if something was happening to somebody if they were in a monastery. But, you know, here, you know, lay teachers, people come to us, we teach meditation. We have no idea what's going on with somebody and they leave, they leave. And, and they could have been completely traumatized in the meditation because they had nobody to speak to about what was actually happening. Because the trauma is the disconnection from the body and having nobody to speak to about it. You know, so it's, it's like somebody who's sexually abused. Two people can sexually abuse and, and, and one child can actually tell an adult they've been abused and there can be a conversation and they're believed and of course it's had an impact but they're not nowhere near as traumatized as a child who was sexually abused spoke about it to an adult and the adult didn't believe them and they stopped talking and they weren't able to talk to anybody completely different so it's a disconnection from the self and then when we did disconnect from the self we build a house because we have to survive we have to build this house that we have to survive. So that's my response to to that. But, you know, I just practice, 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 really. Practice. And it's not, it's not a quick fix, the Dharma, but it works. But it isn't. It's, 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 it's a practice. It's, 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 I've signed up for life. You know, it's, if, if I stop practicing, uh, I know that I will, there'll, there'll still be the essence of me, but something will happen, something else will emerge. I have a question for you. Question is, do any of you, um, have any of you, or do any of you think that you may have had some freedom from this mental slavery today, or had some insight into this mental slavery? Would you like to speak or just you yeah anyone like to speak or put their hand up see the noddings of the head be great to hear some of you we did you did you spoke about some of your freedom somebody else to speak about what's loosened up for them today Um, it was actually at the beginning of your talk, and you're speaking about the experience you had with your partner and how you had this narrative that you were still holding on about their parents. And something just clicked. Like, I've been doing s sort of this self-love, self-awareness, self-friendship work for maybe like four or five years. And it was also affirming to hear that your journey was seven, eight, nine years. <laughs> And there's still some narratives that I've been holding on to. And um, it's not just here, but in some other conversations and experiences that I've had, particularly this past week, I, I, I just had this moment where I'm like, this is, I'm creating this narrative, and um, it's up to me to let it go. Um, no one else is going to do that for me. And uh, it's only this narrative that's creating um, any experiences, unwanted experiences around that narrative. So I just had this click moment where I was like, okay, that's it. I just have to let it go. <laughs> and so thank you. Right. Thank you. Yeah. 
Um, I found I found a lot of freedom in realizing how much I built the house myself. Um, that was that definitely was very freeing for me. So thank you. I was just looking back on my notes here, um, and I remember you talking about the prince sitting under the tree, and he was having the, this attack of the ego and, and Mara coming at him, um, and he put his hand to the earth. Well, when Mara was, was saying, who are you to be the enlightened, who gave you the, the cushion, the seat to enlightenment? And he put his hand to, to the earth, and it was the earth that kind of reconnected him and showed him the interconnectedness of the earth, of nature, of all, of all beings. For me, that was um, a reminder that, that the, the wisdom is within. You know, we, we have everything that we need within us. And we have that connection to nature and we have that connection to each other. And that's enough. That's enough to, to work with. My original question to you was going to be like, well, about the, it was a pragmatic question. What should I do with my practice? I'm doing this, this, and this every day. Should I do insight meditation? Should I first do calm abiding? For how long? All of this. And you can't really answer that for me. You know, it's for me to kind of find, find my path. And that's going to be a forever path. You know, so thank you for that. Thank yeah. You. I've had it before, and I've had it before, and I've had it before, and then I forget. Mm. Or I go into denial, however you want to put it. <laughs> um, it's about um, the house. And when I was in the group, I said the base, the foundations of my house are built by a sad child. Mm. And I, um, the, the moment I had was during a questioning that um, I don't listen. I don't really listen to her. Um, the other adult parts that are building the floors in my house and my room, um, she, you know, they're shouting. Mm. But she's kind of pre-verbal. So it's the body scanning, listening to that, to hear that very oldest part of myself mm. is in my body. Mm. Uh, the communication I get are images a lot of the time, or songs, mm. you know, little jingles or, or choruses of songs mm. that I can't get out of my head. And um, so the, it came back to me again that uh, there is a part of me that is expecting the world to interact with me as if I was a sad child. Mm. And I don't look like that. Mm. That is not what people see when I walk into the room. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of um, inappropriate feel. Well, not, you know, like feels of, of, there's cognitive dissonance a lot sometimes mm. interacting with people because I think they're seeing something that I don't, you know, I want them to see something that I'm not even willing to look at. Mm. Mm. So, um, mm. once again, mm. <laughs> another way mm. I get to work with that. Mm. So thank you mm. for doing that. 
I talked about this a little bit with my group. Um, I don't feel that I was able to start building the house um, because I had come from such a place of chaos growing up. Um, my father was very sad. Um, it, it was normal to live in chaos and sadness. And, um, and for the first years that I uh, had kids and in my marriage, I was just reflecting everything I knew. And when I, when I was ready to make the changes that I needed to, then I was able to start building the house. And it, and it really was to protect my children. Um, I really didn't have a sense of who I was or, or why I even needed to do this. Um, but today, throughout the day, I've just had these tears and um, I just wish that, I wish that I could have shared this with my father. I wish that he had not been so sad his entire life. And it doesn't affect my house any longer. Um, but everybody just deserves to not feel that way. And, and I just loved him so much. And he never had a chance. So thank you for today. I just found that your approach to a day-long retreat um, opened up like creativity and choices and possibility. I'm used to a lot of Vipassana retreat format being quite similar. Like sit, walk, sit, walk. Some teacher speaks, uh, silence the whole time. It just, I don't know, it, hel it helped me to see the, um, possibility and choice and how sort of one can follow this path, that the path is a little wider than I thought. So thank you. Um, do we need to uh, know how to deal with uh, rejection in a certain way in order uh, to uh, build our uh, build our house? What do you think? Uh, I, I think we do, uh, but I'm not sure of maybe what the essential steps are. Or what the essential process is. Well, somebody who asked me that question, a question I would ask back is, is tell me the story of rejection, because obviously it's part of your story. What's the story of rejection? Uh, 
I guess uh, I could use an example, like uh, is a you know, rejection of getting into a school, a rejection of a job. And so is this your story? Have you, was you rejected from going to a school or for a job? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, yeah. And when was the first time that you ever experienced rejection? I guess uh, I experienced it when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me a situation where you experienced it when you were younger? Uh, maybe uh, I could say that uh, uh, maybe I wasn't as friendly with the other kids or I wasn't invited to, uh, you, you know, I didn't play that much with the other kids. So I guess that could be like a, a form of rejection. So, and you wasn't in, invited, yeah. You wasn't invited to be part of the in-group. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, that that was a definite yes from you. A yes, not being invited to be part of the in-group. What What do you think a young person would experience when they're not invited to be part of the in-group? I guess they would experience uh, loneliness. A lot of loneliness, yeah. And what kind of house do you think they would build to live to live in, so that they could survive? If they're experiencing that amount of loneliness. Uh, maybe they would build a house that would uh, reinforce uh, that belief. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Build a house that would perhaps reinforce that belief. So, in a way, we we're very smart beings, it's like, well, if I'm not going to be part of the in-group so that I don't get rejected again, I'll take myself away and isolate myself so that I don't get rejected again. Yeah. And so what's happening is, is that every time you go for a job interview, because you use the job interview as an example earlier on, if you don't get that job, that past of that wounded child, that sad child, comes into the present. And the question I have for you is, what, what did a child who is lonely, what does a child need who's lonely? Uh, I guess he needs uh, the opposite of that. Or uh, maybe he needs uh, to, to uh, love himself. Maybe needs to, to love himself, yeah. And what function does it serve holding on to the, to the story or the house that I'm always being rejected, I'm lonely? What function has that served in your life? Uh, to build a house uh, going in the wrong direction, like to build the wrong kind of house. You may have built the wrong kind of house, but it served a function. How has it served you? What function has it served? It's protected me from rejection. Exactly. Protected you from rejection. Yeah. Yeah. The story of rejection. Yeah. And so now you want to dismantle the rafters of that house of rejection. Yeah? And that's great because some people don't want to. So that's a beginning, that the fact that you want to d 
dismantle that house of rejection. And, and I'm wondering if we could reframe it because rejection's a real strong word because actually what happened, and there may have been other things that happened, was that you, you weren't invited as a young child, you wasn't invited to be part of the group. And I'm wondering if you could just keep that rather than defining it as rejection, because rejection has so much of a charge to it that it cements the bricks in the house. But what actually happened was that you weren't invited. You weren't, you weren't invited, that they perhaps didn't include you to be part of the group. And that's sad to be just be with the, the sadness of that. And that actually, you can actually attract people to you. You don't have to wait for people to invite you into your group. How about attracting people to you? We don't really have enough time to unpack that, but just always remember that when that strong thought of I'm being rejected or they're rejecting me and they're not including me, this young Jeff is present in the present, this young Jeff who wasn't invited, who wasn't included in things. And underneath that, there may be the story of, oh, I'm different. It was because I'm different, you know. But in, at the end of the day, we're all, we're not really different. You know, we, you know, we, we tend to, you know, people do kind of relate to us as if we're different, but we're not really different. And that can be a house that we build, yeah? Okay. And uh, maybe uh, the... The, actually, what I would say is, and I'll, I'll say that at, at the end, I'll give some notes at the end, because I want us to at least have a 10-minute sit. So we're going to have a 10-minute sit, and then we'll have some closing comments. Okay. So we're just going to do a just sitting practice. And from time to time, I'm going to ring the bell. And the practice is when I ring the bell, when does the sound of the bell begin and when does it end? Okay. It's very important practice. When does the sound of the bell begin and when does it end? And then when I don't ring the bell, you may actually think, when did that thought begin and when did it, when did it end? Okay. So all these practices are practices we can begin to take off the cushion. So a just sitting practice.
So just a, a few closing comments, just to say that um, thank you for IMS for having me, as I'm from a different tradition. Uh, Upaidi over sitting over there is from the same tradition. We are the Tree Ratna uh, lineage, the free jewel lineage, and we're in the same building. Uh, yeah, seventh floor. And um, and I just want to say in response to what um, somebody has said that our teacher, we, we have some distinct emphasis and one of those distinct emphasis is the arts and creativity. So it's a very big part of our practice because the arts and creativity open up the imagination and if you think of the Zen practice they have the koan tradition which is a form of arts and creativity and some traditions have the calligraphy. And then we also know um, that there are some traditions who don't even meditate, they chant. They, their whole practice is, is chanting the White Lotus Sutra, the, uh, the, Nishrin, the, the Nishrin tradition. So just um, on this theme of um, freeing ourselves and having some more freedom and liberation, I do have a course on Insight Timer called uh, Breaking the vicious cycle of addiction. And uh, if you read my book, The Eight Step Recovery Using the Buddha's Teachings to Overcome Addiction, I do say in there that the, the, the Buddha was in recovery. Okay? So I do make that statement. So if you think, oh, addiction has nothing to do with me, blah, 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 you know, it's uh, those, and those addictive mental states. And actually, in the Buddha's first discourse, the Buddha does talk about that there is, uh, there is addiction to hedonism, which is lowly, coarse, and unprofitable. And there is addiction to self-mortification, which is lowly, coarse, and unprofitable. And what we want is the, is, is the middle way. So, you know, check out the course. The courses, the meditations on Insight Timer are, are free, are always free. But I do know that the courses, they're very cheap, the courses. I think they're like, actually, I know they've changed the pricing, but they're very reasonable. It's a seven-day, ten-day uh, course. Um, so just uh, thank you for your generosity of um, sitting. I get the opportunity to practice with Sangha, which is definitely one of the jewels. And if you bought a book and you want me to sign the book, I will happily do that. If you haven't bought a book and it's a choice between giving me dana and buying a book, please buy a book because I really don't want to take heavy books home with me. And if you would love to give me uh, dana, that would be fine. I... And... Um, just, I always say that definitely with, with a day long, it's a bit like uh, putting a car in the garage and just having a slight tune-up. You know, you've got a slight tune-up, take the car out of the garage, it works well for a few months and then it needs another tune-up. So in a way, it's uh, hopefully that you have had uh, a bit of a tune-up. And, you know, sticking with that uh, metaphor of a car Remember, you've always got the exhale and inhale, the breath that can be the handbrake, that can actually be your, your pause. It's with you all the time. You come into the world with 
a breath of inspiration and you leave the world with a breath of expiration. And in between that, be loving and kind and appreciative and accepting of yourself. Yeah. So, thank you. <laughs>